by wolves And we are still wild And we have when the troubled wind blows And in the TV's blue light Four assassins will lie Everywhere just going down slow So don't tread on me For I am your brother Buddy, can you hear me over here? Can you hear hear me? Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I got a list in front of me. I got a thing up for the next, for a segment we're going to do in a little bit. Oh, I got a question for you. This is, this is probably, this section probably won't go in because I'm going to ask you this. Uh, Do you have a two lifts and a lie if I needed one later? Or or do you want to wait and save that for a future? And you have to talk to the commission for that. If it's later in the show, I, I got you. I got you. Towards the end, we're going to do two segments, two classic segments. One I bet you don't remember exists, and then two lifts and a lie. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, is, yes. it, is it the dad joke segment? Because that was funny. I just want to say my timing on the Lego joke was impeccable. It, de- Im- it destroyed. Impeccable. It destroyed. And I want you to know that I told I, – I think maybe I told you this on a phone call. I don't think I did. I told that joke to probably the smartest person I know, like the head doctor of our bone marrow transplant program. And he just looked at me like dazzled, had no idea what hit him. It was great. (laughs) Oh God, I love it. (laughs) Like the look on his face was like, the fuck you just say to me? It was, it was, it was fantastic. (laughs) That's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It was great. Shout out to Adam mm-hmm. St. Germain for delivering me a joke to tell the smartest person I know <laughs> about you know, Legos. It's, it's important. It's important. Um, yeah. All Scott right. Sullivan. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I need to take a step back to ramp up for this. Okay. You are now listening. Wait, 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 wait. It is I'm your, sorry, sorry. by the way, it's your turn to do it. I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the talk show. First episode, 2021. Hosted by none other than Austin's king of the hospital, Scott (laughs) Sullivan. And myself. My co-host all the way from Ferris Wheel, Vermont. Bacon, shaken, and challenge taken, Adam St. Germain. (laughs) <laughs> I like that bacon shaking and challenge. <laughs> I, wrote, I actually that wrote that down for you before we started. <laughs> I like that. All right. I I'm calling like this it. episode 57. The numerical order, of course, has no rhyme or reason other than whatever we feel when we press record. <laughs> you know, I dig it. I'm into it. I'm into it. Adam, this it must happy, be like- happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Happy uh 2021 let's get this goddamn party started that's right like this fuse (laughs) (laughs) hey did Um, you did you have your giant bonfire that was like a week ahead of time wasn't it you didn't do it on new year's did you no i wanted yeah i wanted to do it um well okay here's the here was the original plan i thought what a great day to burn a gigantic pile of burnable material on the solstice the longest night of the year yes and and then i thought i would call it the light up the night fire light up the night (laughs) you know bonfire right like this is all very clever i think if you google that 
you would find that there's a, a, a that is a phrase used frequently in the cancer community for uh, fundraising. Light the night. Well, shit. Next time I'll make it a fundraiser. Then no problem. I'm but, gonna do it. I'm just saying that it immediately caught my ear as oh, I know that phrase. <laughs> it's familiar to me. Um, and and so I was like, I was like, oh, this is this is a really good idea. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna burn, uh, have an open burn as it's called, in your in your yard or on your property in Vermont, uh, you need to get a a permit. Okay. Let me let me first walk you through the process involved in acquiring a permit. For an open burn, is Bernie? Do you get to well, <laughs> Bernie? That's funny. That there's a little wordplay there. But did you get to talk to Bernie at any point during the process? No, Ber- Bernie must have been out of the office. Oh, so because he would want you was. to burn one point two point three percent of a log per person per capita per fire. True. <laughs> famous sure. Bern- Bernie Sanders impression. So, so uh, step one is you get the phone number for the town that you live in. So North Ferris Wheel, as we know. Uh, we don't have a town office to call, so you got to call this other town office. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, details, right? So you call. I say, hey, uh, I need to get a permit. We're going to do a burn. I'd like to get the permit for today. And the the woman on the line, she's like, great, um, no problem. Where's What's your address? Give her the address. What's your phone number? Give her the phone number. Okay, great. Uh, have you ever gotten a permit with us before? I was like, no. What do I need to know? She's like, then she runs me through this list of like seemingly very obvious things. You can't burn trash. You can't burn plastic. You can't burn, you, <laughs> you know, painted things. You think it's obvious. I know for a fact that there's somebody who lives a few miles down the road from me who was burning plastic and garbage that they no, should not I mean, have been look, burning. No, Quite no recently. doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. So that so then she runs me through the list. I said, okay, great. Yeah, it all makes perfect sense. She's like, okay, thanks. Have a nice day. And I was like, what am I? Is that it? Is that it? I'm all, I'm all set. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you're good. Just make sure that it's it's out before nightfall. And I was like, oh, that's weird. got it. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I, I get it. It's a safety thing, right? It's got to yeah, be safety. totally a yeah. safety thing, right? So like, not a problem. So I was like, okay. And then I'm looking at this burn pile. The burn pile is like 12 feet in diameter and six or seven feet tall, and it's it's a cone. <laughs> So it's look, it's big, okay? It's been building up for a year plus. And that stuff burns hot. Oh my god, let me tell you. <laughs> so uh so I get it started and then I started at like one o'clock and then it is raging. I posted a couple of videos. <laughs> the flames at some point are like fifteen or twenty feet in the air. You can't get, you can't get within ten feet of it. Like it's so hot. Yeah. And uh you know, so I just enjoyed it and burned it. And we burned it from 1 until I was out there until 8 p.m. where I had to use the surrounding snow to put out the remaining embers because I wanted to go inside. <laughs> now, I have a question for you that I often ask you on this show. I feel like it could be a segment, which is, what did your wife think about that? <laughs> well, all right, here's the thing. She was very nervous about the gigantic burn pile because one the burn pile was large so it's fair i get it no big deal and then uh but once it got started she and Edie came down and totally enjoyed it It was very nice we had uh we had some family over for socially distant uh fire gazing uh into the night we ordered pizza we got takeout pizza and ate it by the fire outside that's pretty Um, sweet (laughs) yeah had 
had some beers out there. So it was like, it was nice. Um, I totally get why she was maybe nervous about it, like with good reason. Um, but in the end, it was, it was totally enjoyable. Everybody was it time. a windy night is my mm. follow-up question. No, it was not a windy day, which was good. And the ground was covered in like four or five inches of snow. Pretty safe so, at that point. I mean, it was you, a pretty good day. To, yeah. It was a pretty good day to do it. And it was warmer. It was on the warmer side. So it was like 35 or so degrees. So like the snow was actually melting a little bit. So it was saturating the ground, which is really ideal for trying to burn a giant pile of stuff. That's I did awesome. learn later. It took me a little while to get it going. And I learned later from uh, a burn pile expert, I'll say, that the way you do it is you, is you get it started. You get a small, a small spot started. And then you use your leaf blower to stoke the fire to out of control, so it engulfs the entire pile quickly. I was that, like, "Oh, that's a that's efficient. I like that." That is a that is possibly. I will say this. I'm gonna go on record. Hot take, Matt Newell. If you're out there, commissioner, you might have to settle this. But hot take, probably the only use of a leaf blower I've ever heard of that isn't absolute bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Coming in yeah. hot with the leaf blower takes. Coming in hot. So anyway, that's uh, that's the deal. So we did it. Anyway, back to the reason we did it on the solstice because the intention was to do it like into the longest night. Was it the um, 21st? Is it, is it usually the 21st or is it? It is the 21st. Yeah. yeah it's always the 21st. Yeah. Um, anyway. So that was that. So we did not do it on New Year's. So maybe next right. year we'll do it on New Year's. No, yeah, that's cool. I like the longest night of the year thing. You and I both know, the listener may not know, that one place uh, that holds a place in both of our hearts is a restaurant in Providence called Julian's. And they throw up, you know, pre-pandemic, qualify, they would throw kind of a big party fun event on uh, that night called the longest night of the year. I don't know, party, whatever it was called. And uh they had the marching band there one year, like the year that I moved here. Like, it was always a super fun time. I think they probably did it right up until uh, the, the freaking COVID, baby. But, Is that, uh, I, don't re- I don't remember that. Is that true? Yeah. They would throw a big event. Uh, well, you know, I haven't lived there in a while, but I, I'm pretty sure it was still something that they did up until recently. Hmm. Okay. People out there in, in uh, podcast land fact check me on that. But uh, uh it's something that, you know, it's fun to celebrate, like you know, because you did. And I think that's cool. It's like the longest night of the year. It's kind of a fun uh, – a lot of those holidays, as you know, in the winter season kind of came about because of that. Like we, we used to celebrate things like the solstice and the truth you know, seasons that way, and then they morphed into Christmas and all this other crap. <laughs> you know? it's, true. it's true. It's true. Shout out to Brian Oakley, by the way. Hello. Oh, yeah. Brian Oakley probably has not listened to the podcast, but hey, if he does, what's up? What's up, boo? I mean, I'm, you know what? I'll keep my fingers. I'm going to put it out in the universe, and then maybe he'll hear it, and then he'll be like, oh, yeah. I'm going yeah. to say something now. If he does listen, this will make him uncomfortable because I'm going to say something sincere. <laughs> he was a great person to work for and he he gave me some opportunities that i probably didn't deserve that were very beneficial to me when i lived in providence so uh i i, I, I have a good place in my heart for that guy we we oh, off, we often speak to each other in highly uh insincere ways but <laughs> that's how i sincerely feel about him 
I like that. That makes me feel nice. That's a nice. But if you that's see nice. us interact, it's not going to look like that. <laughs> no. Well, that's that's a that's a Rhode Island thing. That's totally that's fine. a Rhode Island thing. We in Rhode Island, yeah. our way of saying "I love you" is your shirt looks like shit. <laughs> so fun, look, funny story about that. Funny story. We all know that I work for uh, Specialized, the bicycle company. Specialized is headquartered in California. That's, and that's actually their their marketing campaign right now is Specialized. It's a bicycle company. No? That's not. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really um, awkward pause there where you were like, do I co-sign that? Is that okay? <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to keep going. So... Uh, <laughs> So a uh, good friend of mine and uh, also co-worker, uh, peer of mine at the company, this guy Patrick, we were at a meeting and we hadn't seen each other in a, in a while. Wait, 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 wait. And- time out, time out. How many legs does he have? <laughs> two. He's got two legs. Okay, so he's a different <laughs> guy. Got it. So uh, I hadn't seen Patrick in a while because he lives in California now, but he's a Massachusetts native through and through. Uh and um, anyway, so we get out to the we're at this meeting and I had stopped bike racing and I had started doing CrossFit and things of that nature. And, and so I had gained a little bit of weight, some muscle, but also just gained a little bit of weight. And so we get out to this meeting. I see Pat for the first time in what must be 10 or 12 months. Um, and we're in front of one of our other coworkers who's very much from California. And the first thing Pat says to me, I walk into the room and Pat goes, oh, shit, you got fat. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how New Englanders treat each other. <laughs> but 100%. 100%. To, a, to a California person might seem like very aggressive. <laughs> well, so so much so it made. Uh, it made Sam uncomfortable enough that he said something to Patrick. He's like, you, you can't. You can't say that to him. <laughs> oh, I love it. It was great. That's was fantastic. Great. I, you know, I, we haven't seen each other in person in a while now. And in the interval time, you've been doing all out of this CrossFit. Now, I know you've been doing it like really seriously for a while now. How much do you think it's changed your body in terms of like, I mean, obviously strength, right? We get that. But like, do you, is your, weight wise and like body composition wise, do you feel really different now? Yeah. I mean, I would say like, um, if we flash back five years, I think it was 2015, right. When cyclocross nationals were in Texas. That sounds right. Does that sound right? It's about that. I think it's, I think it's in the ballpark of that. Okay. So around that time, five years ago, I was very dedicated to bicycle racing. I did not have a child. Um, I weighed, just over 140 pounds. Yeah, soaking and wet. I was soaking wet. Yeah, and I was very fast on the bicycle, but like I flushed, I was right around 142, 143, right, give or take. Um, and then now I I weigh myself each morning, not for really just to collect the data. I don't really mind whatever. I don't care whatever it says. Um, and now uh, I weigh. As of this morning, anyway, like one sixty nine plus. Damn. So, but, but it's yes. but you're in in really good shape. So, like, it's just a compositional change. Like, you're stronger, and that's heavier, probably. Right? Yeah, and I would say, like, I'm probably not quite as lean as as I was because, like, you got to think, like, at nationals, I was peaking, so I was like the lightest and leanest I would be, 
at that, you know, at that time, that's race weight. And so, uh, right now I'm, it's winter, right? So like, I'm not as lean as I would be in say the summer, um, which is fine, but there's only like a four or five pound difference really. So yeah. either way, it's 20 plus pounds difference from five years ago of compositional change. Interesting fact though, I am no shit one inch taller. <laughs> It's all that weird shit you're doing on the pull-up bar and the inverting and, and all that. Like you, well, you yeah, stretch, man, you, you stretch like, that spine out. <laughs> I'm telling you, you stretch it out and like the spine, the you know the erector muscles and everything in the back, like they get stronger and uh, and the lats get stronger, everything. So it like puts your spine much more upright and you're able to stand up taller. Um, so like that's that was really interesting to me. And I think back to like all the masters guys from Rhode Island and they like had that like perma hunch on their back. Yeah. They, were just, they were just bent over the bike all the time. And I was like, and, yeah. you know, and they got grateful. shorter, they got shorter yeah. as they got older. So I'm grateful that, um, I've actually gotten taller in the last three years. <laughs> so that's yeah. fun. Damn. Uh, that's and, cool. and like my entire life, I could never touch my toes. Because cyclists have notoriously tight hamstrings and hips. Mm, I, and, st- uh, I still do because I haven't rectified my issues. <laughs> yeah, well, even once you once you stop cycling, right? Like those things don't improve unless you unless you really focus on it. And sure. um, and now I can very comfortably touch my toes, and like I'm to the point now where I can mm-hmm. almost put my hand flat on the floor when when bent over. So it's good. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been some like huge huge changes like in mobility and. So one just perceptive question, which is like hard to quantify, but it's just like a matter of perception when you, and I don't know how often you bike recently with the winter in Vermont, but even just before that CrossFit, Adam, when you bike, do you feel, uh, less comfortable on the bike, more comfortable, the same? Like, do you feel like your new fitness body is better worse or the same at doing something like cycling which is so specific whereas like of course you're you're stronger in a generalized sense but we both know cycling is like one of those hyper specific sports like how do you do you think it what would it take for you to to get back to being able to race a nationals and feel competitive do you think your body now would be better equipped Oh, I think it would be, no, it'd be like for something like cyclocross or crits, I think I'm actually better equipped and it would take like six or eight weeks of focused bicycle training to just turn Um, that muscle back on to just be like, yeah, just just like that repetitive, uh, interval style where like you're accelerating, you're slowing down, you're accelerating, you're slowing down, um, for an hour. Whereas like in CrossFit, you're, you might be doing those things, but it's like 20 minutes. Yeah. It's a different, different type of, the the time domain is different. So I think a lot of people who maybe don't race bikes or don't do cyclocross or crit racing, road racing is maybe a different thing to talk about, but like with cyclocross and crit racing, that type of like, it's a really unique skill that you have to develop of being able to like speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down. And like, be able to like stay consistent and reaccelerating over a lengthy period of time. That's yeah, not- weird. You don't, you don't, no one runs that way. There's no equivalent that I know of <laughs> to that in running. Right? Uh, 
No, although you can use running to train, you know, cardiovascularly for it. Like you would do like uh, repeats of like, you know, you could do 400 meter repeats or 200 meter repeats or something like that. And so, so I totally get that. But what I'm saying is there is no event I can think of in my mind that you could sign up for and do next month that is like a criterium, but with running. Oh, um, yeah, maybe one, maybe like these obstacle course races, like a Spartan type. That's, I don't know. I've that's, never done them. That's but. probably the closest thing. I'm thinking like hurdle jumping, right? Because like with a hurdle takes you out of the stride for a minute and then you have to stride again. Yeah, but know. even then, like they're so good at it. It's just part of the stride. So they, they hardly break stride to do it if they're good. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know. It's a good that's a good question. But yeah, to, to your question, like I I feel that I would do really well in a crit and or cycle cross uh if i prepared for it right okay. like for a, a, an amount of time but i go uphill currently like a bag of fucking cement well, are you ready for a, <laughs> are you ready for a 2021 challenge another one 2021 is getting stacked with challenges but what do you got this is one that is uh not uh it's low i think it's low risk for you it, it wouldn't take oh, okay. much of you to do I think CrossFit Adam, when this spring comes, if it's safe and if it's possible, I think you should sign up and do a crit or wait and do a cyclocross race later in the year. But I think it would be really interesting to see you just walk in and do one cold. Not really much prep. Just see like, oh, so just, just, I just drop I, in and do one. I think it would be really I, fun to see. We're on, we're on the same page here because um, uh, originally, flashback 12 months. So January of 2020, I was like, oh, Cyclocross Nationals is in Chicago. I'm going to go show up. And I was going to do zero Cyclocross races leading up to it. <laughs> just show up at that show. And I was just going to re register for the Masters race and just show up. I'd be last row. Yeah, whatever, you'd, you'd get fine. those shittiest possible starting positions. Yeah, which should, be, which should be fine. And then I was just going to like, just see what would happen. I think it would have been super fun. Of course, that got canceled because COVID, life. But, COVID. Um, no, I'm into that. I'll I will drop into a crit. Um, it's and not I'm, gonna like, say, I'm, like, I'm not going to hold you to that. I just think it would be fun because I'm theorizing it would be interesting to see how you feel doing an activity like that you haven't done in a while with all this other fitness stuff that you've been doing. I think it would be interesting. Yeah. I yeah. I know. I agree. I would. Uh, and I'll say if I do do it, it won't be like a weeknight training race. Like I'll legitimately go to like a weekend race. That would be cool. So, and like, I a, think the only, the only like problem is though. <laughs> yeah. The only problem is that, uh, I think most races no longer have the masters 35 plus category. So I have to sign up for like the pro one, two race, but whatever we can, we can find a workaround to that. I know people. If you, well, the, if, if you the come, other thing is, if you I come could, to Austin, we'll bring you down to the driveway. You would love racing there anyway. It's like a crit racer's dream situation. Throw you in there. I know people. I know. I know people. Yeah, but I, so um, uh, yeah. Sorry, we'll see. I would. I would like to do that. Um, I was just looking up while we were chatting about it. They have not announced the location of Cyclocross Nationals this year. It'll be in December, wherever it is. I'm still, I would still like to just show up. That, that would be, be really awesome. Fun. I love the idea of that. I'm just like, 
back row start, no stress, just see what you can do. Yeah. I think it'd be super fun. And then just like, and you could just go ape shit because you got nothing riding on it. You could just yeah. go as hard as you want. You should bunny hop people. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Right. We wouldn't be like, oh, I'm the shucks. I blew up. Like, who cares? It's fine. All right. Well, Adam St. Germain, we're 25 minutes in and we haven't addressed the elephant in the room. The pull-up challenge. Ooh. <laughs> oh, all right, Scott. Tell us about the pull-up challenge. I'm just gonna I'm gonna lay it out. Uh no excuses. Well, Hashtag, first, no excuses. Remind us what the pull-up challenge was. The pull-up challenge was Adam's brainchild, and it was uh for the month of December, our our you know accountability challenge. It was to try to do max strict push-ups in a 20-minute window. Did I pull say ups. it wrong? You said push-ups. Did I? Yes. I my brain said pull-ups. My mouth said something else. It was a pull-up <laughs> challenge. Um, that push-up would have been much better for me, although not that great. But it would have been much better. <laughs> um, so uh, I did not do well. I would consider this one where, and several of these challenges we've done on the podcast, people have bowed out or DQ'd themselves. I texted the group thread that I have with Adam St. Germain and the commish, Matt Newell. And uh, I basically just said, I DQ'd myself because <laughs> I did actually go in my garage and attempt to try to figure out what I might be able to do. I had also been drinking before I even started it because it was New Year's Eve. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. did not go well. And alcohol was not to blame. I do not have the strength in my upper back to get past the neutral to the up position. I can kind of do this cheat or that cheat. I, I can do some of the movement. I just, I'm just going to have to own it. I, on this podcast, intimated that I could do pull-ups with, you know, not that many. I always said I was bad at them and would have a hard time, but it was much worse, much harder than I had imagined. But as a caveat to that, I am pissed <laughs> and frustrated and determined to uh, do it better. And I, I have a, two challenges for the new year. We'll lead into another segment. But one two of the challenges for the new year, two that I'm going to commit to, and they're both going to be really hard for me. I think uh, the first one is going to sound really stupid to anyone who has the strength to do pull-ups <laughs> well. Yeah, but I'm just going to say, I'm just going to put it out there. There are tons of people that cannot do a single pull-up. I didn't know I would be one of them. It turns out I am. <laughs> you're, yeah, I think, but I, I, I think you're in the majority. My goal is ambitious, but it doesn't sound it to like someone like an Adam St. Germain. This would sound stupid, but my goal is to try. To, I hate pull-ups, by the way. Let's put it out there. I, they're terrible. I would like to, by the end of this <laughs> month, do one. Okay. Then I would like to ascend through the calendar year to where I can do the same number as the calendar month. So one in January, two in February, three. I think that's a, that's a good goal. And I feel like it's realistically possible. I don't know if I can do it, but I feel like that's a pace that seems reasonable. Maybe I'm going to have to do a lot of strength stuff that I need to do to make it possible. So, and Adam actually sent me some videos and things that were helpful about it. Cause I was really depressed. I felt so bad. Like new year's Eve. I was like, fuck, I quit everything. This sucks. <laughs> like, why can't I do a pull up? Cause I think of myself as a strong person. Like I do jujitsu with people. I can like, you know, I can mix it up. I can chop it up. But like, man, 
that pull-up bar, it's like, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about simple exercises is there's no bullshit. It's like, you can do it. Oh yes. Ain't ain't no way around it. (laughs) It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just truth, right? You can do it or you can't. (laughs) Right. Yep. 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 I like, that's a good, I think that's a good, uh, that's a good pace. And it's also a decent pace where like you could get to June, we'll say. So you're supposed to do six. Maybe you totally dogged it for the entire first six months, which I won't let you do, but maybe you do. <laughs> no, please, and, please uh, hold me accountable. I don't want to do that. But like you could, what's good about the pace is that you could make up the ground in those four weeks of June and then be able to do six by the end of the month with a lot, I mean, with a lot of focus, but you could totally do it. That's the goal. The goal is to try to like expect not too much, but more than where I'm at. And as the year goes on, it should be more. And, uh, that's, that's one of my 2021 goals. And the other one is the accountability challenge for the year that I'm going to announce now, Matt Newell, you're, you, you gotta, you're the commissioner. So like he's in, right. He has to be in. Well, what is it? Marathon of the month challenge. Oh, H O T M. Wait, 2021. Did, wait, did we have one of those? Didn't we have like one and we looked up? Oh, no, I'm sorry. And no, that was not okay. Yeah. yeah. No, no. It's so H O T M was Hundo of Hundo the, of the month. month Club, the hot up. Yeah, this is, this is, <laughs> I already posted, I already posted about it today. M O T M 2021. I didn't see that post. Okay. I missed that. But um, well, so, it, was like, it was a comment. I commented to somebody. Marathon of the month 2021. And it does not mean you need to do an organized official event, but the goal is to run a tw- save your money, save it. Yeah. Save your money. Just do it on Strava, but just do a 26.2, uh, every month of or more or this more. calendar. You can do more, but I'm saying that's the baseline. That's the entry level to this challenge. I actually was talking to Adam. I would like to try to expand to a longer run sometime this year, like a really, like a true ultra, like something like a hundred miles, but like, there's a long way to go to get there. Like I did three miles today and I didn't feel that great. It wasn't bad, but it was just kind of like, Oh yeah. yeah but was it, but isn't that like your first run? Oh yeah. It's my first run since I did 32 miles, I think. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, so last, last week I did my first run last week. I did one mile was my opening day. I was like, okay, I'm gonna do a mile. And I, did, I hated it. I, I, I gotta like, be honest sucks. with you. I, there was a point where I miscalculated the loop and I was coming back into my neighborhood at two and a half. And I was like, maybe that's enough. And then I had them. <laughs> Honestly, I had a moment. It's so small. It's not worth celebrating, but I had a moment where I was like, no, bitch, you said three, do three. And that's, I finished it, but it was like, oh, that's, but it was like a moment good. because my brain was like, maybe I just stop now. That's easier than two and a half is easier than three. And it's like, no, we, we, it's supposed to be three. Let's do three. I did the, I did the same, I did the same thing on new year's day. New year's day was the first day where I was like, okay, I'm going to do a run. And I would consider a run longer than two miles like one to two miles is like yeah okay i'm with you on that you know but i was like all right new year's day i'm gonna do four miles and so i got back to the driveway and it was at 3.89 miles and it was cold and it was windy (laughs) and i was just like i was like ah nope nope gonna do it gonna do it so then i ran down the driveway and then it was 
it was 3.95. Then I ran back and then it was 4.01. I was like, all right, good. I got my four. <laughs> those are, you know, it's funny, but those are the little things that help. At least for me, those little victories are the ones that keep you moving. So I'm, that's what I'm trying to bring into the, this week and this month and this year. I, I sent you an article, Adam, from the New York Times that I will refer the reader to this morning. I don't know if you got a chance to read it, but it was kind of an unusual article because it wasn't <clears throat> really a profile of a runner, but it was uh, a writer from the New York times who does run talking about how she felt inspired by this particular runner who is a woman who is 37 years old and uh, kind of famous. Uh, I'm forgetting her name. So I'm going to pull it open. She's um, her last name is hall, but I'm just blanking. Sarah, Sarah Hall, Sarah Hall. Thank you. I yeah. blanked on her first name. But um, <clears throat> kind of an amazing American runner, like amazing career, but <clears throat> kind of has been marred with near misses to the highest level of achievement. So like super high level of achievement, but like didn't make the Olympic team because of this or because of that. <clears throat> Here in the pandemic year at 37 years old, she has four kids. She's got all these excuses to not excel. But uh, during this past year, she's trained harder than she ever has in a lot of ways and like channeled a lot of whatever's going on in the world in her life through running and, you know, experimenting with different ways of training, like still being, you know, very challenging and creative at, you know, 37 and not not giving up on her career, even though she doesn't have a path forward. She's probably never going to make the Olympics, unfortunately. But uh, she ran the second fastest marathon an American woman has ever run recently, you know, during the pandemic year. Uh, well, and, and to, at to that point, right, second fastest ever, and she was within the striking distance um, by by less than a minute. Less than a minute. It was, like, right there. It's just, like, she could conceivably get it, like, later this year. Like, she's that good. Uh, I just thought that was really inspiring to read about that woman's story. Cause it was like that thing of like, she doesn't, she didn't have a strong motivator, but her motivator was like all about, uh, I, I would say based on the article, I don't know this person personally, but it seemed like her thing is just grinding. Like she likes to train. She pushes herself. She tries to figure out what she can do in the training. And because of her commitment to training. She's just ready to go a lot of the time. So she's had some of these great things in her career by just the consistency of showing up all the time, which I thought was really cool. The, uh, the best part of this whole article was, um, I did read it by the way. It was, it was very good. I I found it very inspiring. I love it. And, uh, where did it go? Oh, yeah. So it says, I'm going to read this part of it. It says, after Miss Hall lost what was probably her last chance to make the Olympics, she went back to her bathroom mirror where she had written, quote, Olympic marathon trials champion, crossed it out and replaced it with an even harder goal, American marathon record holder. It's badass. Like, so badass. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, So shout out to Sarah Hall. That's that wasn't that made my day this morning. I read that and I was like, I gotta get my fat ass out and run because <laughs> this woman is amazing. I also really enjoy, I like the fact that you know, like it's a Goggins talks about it, the accountability mirror, but I like the fact that she legitimately had it on her mirror, right? And and uh, 
like she wrote it there, like this is the shit and look at it every day. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get after it. Yeah. So inspiring so. To, to be like, not to tear it down and be like, I need to set a lower goal that was too high, but to tear it down and set a higher goal. That's yeah. Just- and she says in there, like the next thing she goes on and she's like, it was audacious. And I was just like, fuck yeah. Be audacious. Like do it, do it. I love it. Love it. So <clears throat> yeah. Check out that article. New York times was, was there today. Really, really worth the read and, and, uh, very cool. Uh, Adam St. Germain, what else is on your mind? Uh, well, see, we hit marathon of the month. Um, it's G- well, okay. It's oh, wait, January. wait, 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 wait. We had to clarify one thing that I intimated, but we didn't finish. Cause, oh. cause this is the thing I've noticed. Okay. I'm going to call, I'm putting someone on blast right now. Okay. You ready for someone to get put on blast? I love it. It's my favorite. Matt Newell, commish of the podcast, respect, really like the guy. He seems to participate in the challenges he thinks he can win and duck out of the ones he's not so sure about. <laughs> it's true. Uh, accurate. Accurate. Marathon accurate. of the month applies to everyone, Matt. <laughs> Get at me. Let's do this. I, you don't like, I'm curious. And I know he doesn't is, like, I, if you don't like to run, that's fine. Do it slow as fuck. I don't care. But like, let's do this, man. Let's do this. Let's go. I'm, I'm curious. Like what I love about what I, here's the thing. I don't love running. <laughs> no, I thought about that right before I fired up the zoom to call you. I was like, we're talking about running again. And I don't even like running. But here's what here's what I think. There's like one. It's very understandable. Everybody can understand running, whether they used to run like they ran when they were little. Everybody gets it, right? You get it. Sure. But I'm curious. Well, let me back up. Every time we set these goals, or okay, we go back earlier when we were like, we're gonna run a 50 mile, or we're gonna run 50k, what, like whatever. Or I just said, you know, last episode, I'm gonna run this 250 miler, like. That's the end of my research, like, because there's all this common logic that would tell you, like, you can't run 12 marathons in a year. And, and like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Fuck that. I can do it. I know I can do it right now. Is it going to be easy sometimes when the weather isn't perfect or I don't feel great? It, no, but, I, you know, it's doable. I mean, what it, Goggins at one point did, I don't forget what it was. He At one point, he did a bunch of ultras and way too close to it, like, stupid you're not supposed to do it close to each other but, yeah and he, he, you know his, his feet paid the price but like you yeah. can do it dude's you know? alive he's not dead <laughs> man and it's like i just googled it 12 marathons in 12 months and there's all these articles like i i ran 12 marathons in 12 months here's what i learned here's like yeah it's a big deal that's gonna be you that's gonna be me we're gonna write that article <laughs> oh there's a whole website 12 in 12 love it i'm gonna check that out I think it's a great, I think it's a great goal. It's, it's, I think it's a man. I know I, this it's, it's weird to think about. Right. But like after doing some of the longer runs that you did and the, to a lesser extent that I did, it resets. There's something that happens where it resets your brain a bit. It's like, that is a lot of running. It's going to be a, a tough day, but to do that once a month seems fine to me. It, it, it hard, but doable. I know. I think it's like this. Something. This is what I said last time. I was like, something broke inside my brain. When you originally <laughs> brought this up, you were like, "I'm going to do 12 marathons in 12 months." I was like, "Yeah, okay. Let me know what days you're going to do them." Like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You texted me back like, "Oh, is this going to be a Saturday thing?" And I was like, 
dude, did you read the text? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm in. I'm totally in. Um, there's a whole website, Twelve in Twelve. I'm gonna I'm gonna go deep down this rabbit hole later. This is interesting now. It's so, cool. It's cool. I think 2020, I... 2022, I'm going to run uh, 1250Ks in 12 months. What? <laughs> Why not? I mean, what difference does no, it make? You, like, can, if you, you totally can. 50Ks, 31 miles. It's your own. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's at, five at, more miles. It's, yeah. Like, if you, seriously, it's at that point, why stop? <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but it's oh, I, I, not. I know we talk about Goggins too much. We should probably. He's probably going to sue us. But um, <laughs> <laughs> when he finds out about us, but like uh, his whole theory of like, and I know he pulled this number out of his ass, but like this whole I- idea that we use forty percent of what we're capable of. Sure. Whatever you sure. want that number to be, I love that idea. I feel like that is really like it speaks to a lot of things in the culture, not just like, you know, like across a wide spectrum of things, like areas in your life where you're like, you feel like you're doing pretty good and you're probably doing pretty good because you're doing about 40 or 50% of what you could do. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. 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 If you, I'm, if you yeah. went hard at whatever that thing is, you know, I think that, that whole, like, uh, yeah, that forty percent idea. I'm really curious, right? Like that two hundred fifty miler. Um, I'm super excited oh, to about the listener. It. To the listener, if you're dropping in now and you haven't heard before, Adam Saint Germain on a previous episode of the talk show committed, I believe, to doing a two hundred fifty miler this calendar year. I forget what the exact date or location is, but uh, it's mo- it's it starts the Tuesday before Memorial Day weekend. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Badass, totally badass. I think like the on this podcast, you know, a lot of what we're trying to do is talk about things that get us charged up to to try and be better. But I think the bigger and crazier you make the goal, uh, it just raises you up. It raises the bar. Even if you miss, like I I can't do pull ups right now, y'all. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna get better. I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> so, but so, now you're but now you're amped up to do it. You know, like that's the whole thing. Yeah. And, so, uh, so you have to find something in these challenges that, you know, helps Sarah, you move forward. Sarah Hall hit on that in her, in her little piece there mm-hmm. where they, where they, t- she talks about failure and what you can learn from it. And like the pandemic was a good test for people like, Hey, here's all these things you can't do right now. Let's focus on what you can do yeah, and what you're going to do about it. So and that brings up um, one other topic. We, we're gonna we're gonna run out of time here in a few minutes, but that brings up another topic we got to talk about, which is we're gonna do an episode. I won't promise the date, the interval, maybe in the next two weeks, where we're going to do the talkies. We're gonna do a rundown of awards for people, organizations, athletes, whatever that did amazing things in 2020 despite everything. So I think we already have a, a hint that this hall, Sarah Hall might end up on the list, but I think her story is like, I think um, emblematic of like what we, and not to whitewash things. I don't think it's like, I don't like the idea of being like um, this sort of like new age mindset of like, everything's fine. You just have to think about it. Right. Fuck all that. The world's crazy right now. Bad things are happening. <laughs> But good things are happening too. And I think it's important to have that mindset and like celebrate both or like celebrate the good, but acknowledge the bad. Like it's insane to not acknowledge that 2020 was fucking crazy, but 
to as Adam said in the past, where there were no bad years before 2020. Is that what is that what you're telling me? So I'm saying, man. So I'm saying. No, there were bad years. Bad shit happened. So we're we're gonna celebrate. <clears throat> if you're listening and you have an idea of someone you think should be celebrated, athlete, person of any type that did something rad in 2020 that's worth talking about, holler at us. We'll try to include it. Scotty at talkshow.com. That's right. Or you can even slide into Adam St. Germain's DMs. <laughs> oh, hit me on the DMs at shorthandled shovel on Instagram. Here's the thing. I've said it before. I'm going to say it one more time real quick. Watch his videos, shorthandled shovel on Instagram. Watch his workout videos. Find something fucked up in his garage and slide in the DMs and tell him about it. <laughs> <laughs> Get in there. Get in there. It's a fun right. little game. All right. We're running short on time, Adam. What, yeah, I what got a question before yeah. we go. Yes, I please. I, I, we have one segment we have to do also, but go ahead. Yeah. McGregor or Poirier? Um, I don't know. I think, I think the thing about McGregor is uh, he can beat anybody – anytime if he gets off his shots early but i do think he punches himself out real quick so he's got to get in there quick i don't know poirier's game well enough to like make an accurate prediction but i do think and we talked about this a couple times off the podcast but i do think one thing that is tough for a conor mcgregor type guy is he got owned a couple times in his last few mma fights um, who wait, who did Poirier? No, McGregor. Oh, McGregor. Like, I mean, he, mm. he hasn't fought that many times in the UFC over the last couple of years. And he got just mauled by Khabib Nur- Nurmagomedov. Yeah. But listen, but and Khabib Dia, mauls every person ever. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. No, that's I mean, not even fair, but, uh, McGregor's good as hell. He's got like that powerful punching style. I, I, I think, um, <clears throat> He even has a ground game, even though people made fun of him after Diaz whooped him, but that was not fair. He got once you get punched that many, there was a there's a saying they have, and I don't know who's responsible for it, so I'm stealing it, but there's a saying they have in jujitsu that you start out as a black belt and you get punched in the face, now you're a brown belt. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like famously Mike Tyson said that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, yeah. The jujitsu equivalent of that is like every time you get hit in the face, you're down a belt level until all of a sudden you don't know anything anymore. <laughs> you're just getting hit. I mean, uh, Poirier's record's pretty good: twenty six, six and zero. Oh. That's good. And and one no contest. I don't know his. I really don't know that much about him. I don't know what his style is. I think a matchup style that Connor wants is a another puncher, particularly an active puncher, because Connor is a counter puncher. So <clears throat> I don't know Poirier that well, but if he likes to come out and throw, that's a good fight for Connor because he likes to let you throw and counter you, and he hits you with that hard left, and then it's lights out. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, it says here that he won so twelve fights by knockout, seven by submission, and seven by decision. That's interesting. I mean, that the guy has some. Uh, it's a good mix. Yeah, he has he has some skills. I, I, I I'm into it. I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm 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 psyched to watch it. For I sure. I uh, as far as people who watch MMA, I I think I'm in a very small group, which is people who do not like Connor, but also do not dislike Connor. I, I am ambivalent about the guy. I think he's talented. I don't, I think he was widely overhyped, but I think he is also super talented. So like, 
you know, it's interesting because most MMA fans either love or hate that guy. I I know he's he's very divisive, very polarizing. I kind of find him interesting. I'll watch him fight somebody. <laughs> I think he's a fantastic fighter, dude. So good, it's great. Come yeah. on, if you. I think you guys posted in the the thread like a, a one of his knockouts, and like when you see him knock a guy out, it's just so clean. It doesn't. This is gonna sound fucked up, but it almost doesn't look impressive <laughs> because it's, he makes it look like so effortless that it's like oh. Okay. Like uh, oh, so look. Actually, it looks here. So, uh, Poirier also lost to Khabib. Yeah, everyone. Here, September. Here's the thing that happened to everyone who fought Khabib. They lost. They lost. Yeah, not. It's true. They they went in to fight a human, and there was a bear in the ring. (laughs) They got surprised. Jesus, twenty nine and zero. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. Like that, like of all the sports you can think about, like MMA is like one of the most intense adrenaline based sport, like to be able to not screw up from adrenaline dump and from like just the, the mind, you know, game of it is super impressive. Right. Like ever, ever, you know, because you know, your body wants to just go into freak out mode when someone's about to come try to punch you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man! In the last okay, he fought McGregor Poirier in 2014, so a while ago, and he lost in the first round in one minute and 46 seconds. Damn, <laughs> that's uh, that's, that's quick. It's a quick one. All right. Anyway, I'm doing next segment here. Two yeah. lifts in a lie. Oh, we're doing two lifts in a lie, and then we got one segment after that. They're both quick. Okay, right, let's do two lifts in a lie. This is a classic segment on the podcast where Adam Saint Germain tries to tell me three things that are crossfit uh what will we say i don't i sometimes i say movement but i think that's not right it's i'm they're not even crossfit we're just gonna call them fitness movements yeah movements right fitness movements three of them he's gonna tell me two of them will be real and one of them will be some bullshit he made up (laughs) let's go two lifts and a lie are you ready let's go jefferson deadlift Mm. <clears throat> okay. Sumo high pull. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Severson hold. Oh boy. <clears throat> um <laughs> I feel like the last one isn't even anything, so that's gotta be real. Uh the first one was a type of deadlift. Jefferson deadlift? Jefferson deadlift, yep. Uh I mean, there's anything with deadlift after it is plausible, but it seems like bullshit. I'm going with Jefferson deadlift is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> You're going with Jefferson deadlift? Yes, sir. Incorrect. Ah! <laughs> I hate losing Incorrect. this game. <laughs> so what was it? Severson hold. Oh, the, the one, uh, the one I was sure was real. Yeah, the one you were positive about is de- some shit I made up. That's not even a thing. It's That's not, even, not even a thing. So now, just for the fun of the gig, describe the other two movements, not too in depth. But what were the other two real okay. ones? Sumo high pull is pretty simple. You stand in a sumo stance, which is very wide footed, mm-hmm. and then you simply pull the barbell, or could be a kettlebell, doesn't matter, um, up high to your chin nice that's it you just pull <laughs> okay. it high 
sumo stance, you pull it high. Jefferson deadlift is a controversial deadlift movement where you (laughs) – Now, normally, in a normal deadlift, the barbell is in front of your legs, right? And you – for very simple purposes, you pick it up off the floor. That's okay. <laughs> it. That's the whole movement, right? Um, a Jefferson deadlift, the barbell is, you're straddling it. It's between your legs, mm. and you have one hand in front of you and one hand behind you. That sounds and, compromising to the, the spine. Yeah, there's a lot of opinions about the Jefferson deadlift. Okay. I don't I don't have any because I don't think I've literally ever done it. I also don't have an opinion, but when I think about the position of the spine in that motion that you're describing, it seems to me like something you shouldn't maybe do. But I also don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I have no idea. Anyway, <laughs> uh I think I you know, if, if memory serves, I think you had gotten all other two lists and a lies correct. This is your first miss. It could be true. So, I, I've been historically pretty good at it, but uh, the commissioner, Matt Newell, was giving you these for a while, and he started off pretty bad at it, but he got good pretty quick, so they got harder yeah. as time went on. The first I remember the first one was just like way obvious. It was very easy. I yeah, what it was. but uh, we're going to keep this segment coming back more often, because I, I think the fans like to listen a lot. It's a classic segment. And, yeah, uh, they they definitely do. There's we're gonna no finish off with one that I like, but I don't know if anyone else likes. <laughs> and that is a segment. Oh wait, 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 yes. wait, wait. Hold yes. on before you yes, go. Sir. Before yeah. you go. Yes, sir. Um, <clears throat> speaking of, you know, because we're talking about Sarah Hall in the in the Olympics. Yes. Right. Do you know what most sprinters on the U.S. national uh, Olympic team eat for breakfast? <laughs> Uh, no, tell me. Nothing. They fast. <laughs> of course, yes. Uh, I. By the way, that time I sensed the setup from a mile away, and I let you go through with it. But the previous time, you got me dead to rights. I had no idea a joke was about to happen. Well, I. I mean. It was the same style. I interrupted the story. You know, yeah, yeah. It was, fine. but it's I was fine. like, "Wait a minute! This is gonna be some shit." Very, very good. Good job. Good job. I, All right. Anyway, what's your, what's your closing segment for me now that I got the joke in there? <clears throat> okay. This, yeah, this is a classic talk show segment called AMAE AMAQ, <laughs> which stands for "Ask Me Anyone Else's Ask Me Anything Questions." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yas Queen. Okay, so this is an Reddit AMA. Uh, the person hosting it says, uh, I'm an ultra marathon runner. Ask me anything. Okay. So <clears throat> the way this segment works is I read some of the questions, and instead of hearing what this professional person says, we ask Adam. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay. I here he goes. I run 50 miles at a time and I'm trying to get to where I can run a hundred. I get bored driving 50 miles. How do you stay entertained? Don't be so weak. Just do it. Next. <laughs> Next. Okay. <clears throat> I, <laughs> I, by the way, I haven't pre-read these. I'm going down. The that list. makes it even better. Yeah. I want to run an ultra someday. So far I can finish a 5k without dying. A girl I know just did a hundred in under 22 hours insane 
There's actually no question there. <laughs> so I don't know. That's just a comment, I guess. I mean, I, you know, mm-hmm. high five your high five your friend. Uh, Sub twenty two is fast. Yeah, that's pretty legit. Yeah. That, okay. So as a non runner, why would you do that? Meaning ultra running. As a non lazy person, why would you sit on the couch all day? Yeah, <laughs> and, and like post shit about that. Um. Oh, also. This is actually a, a decent question, even though it sounds just stupid. But also, do your nipples bleed? Oh, that's. I think that ha- that does happen to some. I don't have this issue. Uh, it does seem to happen to some people. I think it depends on the shirt you wear. Most uh, experienced ultra runners, I believe, put a band aid over their nipple so that that does not happen. I've tried the band aid thing. <clears throat> I've tried the band aid thing. It doesn't stick to me very well. So oh. I've had to try other things, but, um, what I about body glide. Do you use like body glide. Does that work? I, I got to try it next time. I, I, the funny thing is up until, and you, I've been made fun of this for before, but up until uh, this past year, the half marathon was kind of my long distance standard. That was the longest run I thought to ever do. And I never had nipple chafing issues at that distance. A few miles past that distance every time. Oh, weird. So, well, so, yeah, so, but like it happened to me the other day and I only ran um, two miles. Yeah, I did, that's weird. It's random. But for me, it's like it but, doesn't seem it has not historically been an issue till I've run a pretty good distance. I think it was just the shirt I was wearing because it had a graphic on the front. I think it was the graphic. Uh, yeah, I think the quality of the shirt, too. Was it was it a tech fabric or was it something else? Yeah, it was a bl- it was a well, it was a blend. It was like a cotton poly blend. It was like a quasi tech shirt. Quasi tech, and also quasi, uh, quasi. Adam Saint Germain never endorses that you work out with a shirt on. He would never do that. It's totally appropriate to run with a shirt on. You think so? Yeah, I think high level runners like to get that shirt right off. I'm well, I would agree. Except in Vermont, if you saw my if you saw my post on Instagram today, I was I was bundled up like the nook of the north. <laughs> <laughs> so but i will say i then also did lay down in the snow again after the sauna so nice yeah. okay adam six and one half i want to start running marathons but i'll tell you what i need more motivation what motivates you especially early on what is the big push for you or others you know to get up and do these workouts i totally buy into david goggins motivation belief that motivation is, is bullshit bullshit <laughs> It's totally bullshit it's because re- as soon as that repetition and discipline. Yeah, it's it's a hundred percent discipline. You cannot rely on motivation. I will say that if you need to kickstart your motivation, simply register for an event, put it on your calendar, and your whole mindset will change. Oh shit, this thing's coming up. I better get ready. I gotta get my shit together. I, I agree with that. I I I motivate um on a day to day level, not you know, I try to have, you know, consistency repetition when I can. It's, I've been not great lately, but kicking off a new cycle now. But my thing is like having that calendar event hanging over my head. Is, that's one of the things that helps work for me uh, in terms of motivation. Just knowing that like at, on this day, I'm going to do this thing. And if I don't put in the work between now and then, well, it's just going to suck more. Right, it's on you, man. It's on you, no matter what. I'm still going to do it. It just will suck way more. Um, Let's see if any of these are funny. Uh, Not necessarily funny, but uh, okay. 
I, I find these very interesting. People tend to ask the same questions in different formulations over and over again, which makes it hard to do this segment. But <laughs> uh, people asking about shoes, that's not interesting. Um, I just started running this summer. I'm becoming a distance junkie. The weird nub zen state the body achieves after you've warmed up is crazy. Better than most drugs. How difficult and how long was it to transition from a half marathon to a 50 mile race? So what do you think is like, is that like <laughs> for you, Adam, you've done half marathons and a couple full marathons. I think you famously had one where you bonked, but then you also had a good one, right? Um, how different was it running those distances to when you did your 50 mile thing, which was obviously wildly different. Yeah. Uh, I re- honestly, I think that just a- depends on your, um, your goal, right? So like the, the, if you're doing the half marathon, as Scott would like to say for time, that's, <laughs> FT. that's I say aquap actually. Aquap. Yeah. That's very different than, than trying to complete 50 miles. Right. Yeah. So like just the motivation is different. And I, I think that, I think it would be long. I think the transition's longer if you want to become a, um, you want to go from a half marathon racer, you know, competitive half marathon runner to a competitive 50 mile runner. I think that's a, you know, it's probably a six month or one year long transition to be able to do it with competence and not get injured along the way. Sure. Yeah. You don't want to get injured. doing this. Stuff. You also got to think like some of the, some of the top level marathon runners and, you know, they're doing hundred mile weeks all the time anyway. Like they're just running a ton of volume. And sure. so they could probably pretty easily make the transition. But if you're not doing that kind of volume, if you're only doing 20, 30 miles a week, then it's going to be much more difficult to, uh, you know, make that transition. I think like, you know, what I forget what month it was when I did, <clears throat> I did the 20, 30, 40, 50 mile week uh, increase. Like, yeah, that was really hard to do. It was, a um, lot. it was a lot of time running. Yeah. It was a ton of volume and it was like, you know, it was, um, three times the amount of volume I had done the previous month. Like, I don't think that would be, I, that wouldn't be well advised to somebody to just be like, Oh yeah, just do it this way. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's not I, a good way to do it. I remember going through that same window of time and being like, this isn't something I would ever tell anyone I know to do. No, it <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was poor advice, but, uh, <laughs> That's fine. You live and learn. So, all, all right, good. we're running up against our time limit. So, we're going to do two more. <clears throat> one that I'm going to in, inject into this, and then I'll read one more of these freaking things. <clears throat> but, um, do, <laughs> uh, in in terms of uh, getting ready mentally for the idea of running 250 miles, right? Have you started to think about what a training plan for that might look like? And, um, have you actually, have you looked at one? Have you thought about designing your own? Like, do you even think looking at someone else's is relevant to you? Like, how do you think about the process of making a plan for that? I think that, yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think that following a traditional ultra marathon training plan is going to apply because like I'm not an ultra marathon runner. And also right, like, in that context, the, the obvious side question is, do you have to put CrossFit to bed? Because I, I, my, in my mind, someone who's going to do a 250 
mile run, they're not messing around in their garage for two hours a day with, with like Olympic lifts and things like that. But no way, uh, dude, I, I was doing, I was doing CrossFit every day up until the week before the, uh, the 50 miler. And then I took the week leading up to it off. And with all due respect, as badass as that was, that's 50 miles. Take, oh, two, yeah, take yeah, 250 yeah. and divide it by 50. <laughs> yeah. I, so anyway, so to answer your question, no, I don't, I, I won't, uh, no, I think that the big thing, the number one word that comes to mind when you say, what do you need to be able to run 250 miles? The absolute defining word is durable. You have to be durable. And the way you get durable is not by continuously running or doing more mileage, but it's by doing all sorts of multi-plane movements and, and just making sure your body is ready in every conceivable, uh, you know, plane. So that's, that's my approach anyway, but to I train th- for I, it, I think that's a good answer. That's, that's solid. Yeah. To train for it. Like I'll do some long runs. Obviously we're going to do the, the marathon, uh, a month, which is going to be great training. So I'll have, um, by that time I'll have four marathons under my belt, uh, January, February, March, April, and then 10 days before the 250, I'm actually running a 50 miler in a different part of Vermont. Um, so that'll be like the last in like a traditional, is that, uh, a, is that a trail run? Yeah, it's a trail run. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's an organized event unlike this year's past thing. But, um, if you look at like a traditional marathon training plan, you know, 10 days or two weeks before the event, you would do your last long run. So you would do like a 24 miler or 20 miler, something like that. So to me, it's kind of the same thing. I'm going to do a 50 miler 10 days or two weeks before the start of the 250 miler. And then leading up to, you know, back in April, hopefully, um, I want to do like, you know, on marathon training, a marathon weekend, I'll do like a marathon one day and then like a 50 K the next day. So back to back. So that'll be like a really big training block. That sounds awesome. That's going to be badass. <laughs> and then it's really, it's just a lot of, um, you know, you got to plan the nutrition. I'll plan, I'll spend more time planning like what to eat, um, and like clothing and things of that nature. And then I've been reading about sleep strategies for multi-day events. And so some people would tell you like, um, sleep four, sleep four to six hours. Mm. You know, if you're trying to, if you're trying to be competitive, you sleep four to six hours, but the other approach is the quote unquote dirt nap approach. And so you would run, you know, just as an example, you'd run, you would sleep for 90 minutes to two hours. You'd get up and run another 10 miles and then sleep 90 minutes to two hours. <laughs> that seems more challenging because of your body's like rhythm. Uh, well, against- what it does is, is it, is tricks your body to go through one complete REM cycle. Yep. And, and then, then you get up and go, <laughs> and then you're up and, and then you get up and go. Yeah. So then you do, so you do like 50 sleep, 10 sleep, run like another big chunk. And then you repeat that. And what it also does is it breaks up, uh, it breaks up the night. So you're not running in the dark for like as long. Mm, um, that's a good point. It, yeah. So there's a, there's, so I'm curious, I'm going to, uh, hopefully test that before the event, but we'll see if it depends on the weather really more than anything else. So 
Fantastic, Probably Adam. I'm I'm up against a time thing here, so I'm going to ask you one more question. <laughs> this is not even like worth it, but it's funny. This is the last question on this guy who who did a really long AMA about ultramarathon running. Uh, his screen name on Reddit is Hello9. I don't know who the person is. Uh, respect to him, though. It sounds like he does a lot of running. Uh, the final person who deleted their name after they posted this to him, <laughs> they didn't feel proud of this after they did it. But the final question was, can you not afford a car? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I thank you for bringing that up. I thought of this the other day. I thought, what if like this spring, as I'm trying to get ready for you know, the ultra marathon, I was like, what if I ran everywhere? Like, what if I ran to do just, my errands? What if I just did everything by foot? <laughs> well, else I thought like, that'd be a really good way to get, to get more miles in. Like if I'm going to go to my yeah. mother-in-law's. I could run there. It's 15 sure. miles. It also seems the... perfectly eccentric Vermont guy thing to do. <laughs> totally. Right. Like people, people would just be like, Oh, there's that guy running again. Like it'd be fine. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, his response by the way, was just the word no, which is actually confounding. Cause like, no, he can't afford a car or no, like, no, what can you not afford a car? All he said was no. Can you not, not afford a car? Him saying no, I think means he can afford a car, but it also is not adequate enough of an answer for me to feel confident what he meant. <laughs> I I think he might be a dirtbag runner. He can't afford a car. Could be. <laughs> Maybe Could he doesn't be. have a car. I don't know. You know anyway, I mean, hello, hello nine. I hope you get a car. Hey, keep keep running, buddy. Keep and running. That, my friends, was AMAE, AMAQ, the classic <laughs> talk show segment it. where we use other it. people's Ask Me Anythings to find out information from Adam. And if you've made it this far, don't forget, send in your nominations for the 2020 Talkies. The Talkies. Scotty at Talk Show. Do it. All right. I think, I think we did this. You have to do the next part because I did the first part. This podcast has ended let us walk gracefully into the night Ooh. to rise the next day ah, a little poetic flourish there i love it <laughs> <laughs> 2020 2021 y'all let's go get it let's get it bye